Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Clouded. I am joined by all of our great co-hosts this evening, morning, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we are officially into season two, and this is the second episode of season two, joined by the fabulous Nick Spain. Nick, how are you, sir? Doing well, Phoenix. Um, tired of this weather. Uh, we <laughs> talked about this pre-show. Um, currently in Ohio, it is uh, 60 degrees. And it is Memorial Day weekend, oh. and it is two days till the start of June. And I had my heat on because I woke up and it was 66 degrees in my house, which is absurd. So <laughs> that that's just great. That's a, that's great. Love that great start to my morning. Yeah, love that you're in a great mood. Also joined by Brandon. Brandon, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, Phoenix. Man, it's good to be back. Um, it's my it's my two two and a, two in uh, two and a three re, uh, two out of three streak um, so far whoa, for season two. Whoa, whoa. I, I had a I just had a stroke saying that. <laughs> Doing good so far. I'm excited to dive into the movie reviewing a little bit later. Um, but it's good to be back. It's good to be talking more movies with you guys. And yeah, it's good to be back. Awesome. We're happy to have you. And of course, joined by the incomparable code breaking champion. That is Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you, sir? I'm good, Phoenix. Thanks. Good to be back, guys. Uh, saw a double feature at the theater yesterday. Saw a Quiet Place 2 and Cruella on the same day. So uh, it was a good day. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about those movies here soon. But uh, nonetheless, it was great to get back to the theaters. Good to see a couple of great movies. So, well, a couple of good movies. One was great. <laughs> You'll have to stick around for us next week to decide which one is that. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, we are back once again and we have uh, dived into our spin wheel of classic films and we pulled up a favorite of ours, which is 1967's The Graduate starring uh, Dustin Hoffman and Bancroft. Uh, <laughs> a little... Side story here, uh, I went and visited Nathan and Nick uh, down in their college town of Athens, Ohio uh, for the Oscars. And we decided, oh, they had a best 100 movies poster and they were knocking off a few films. So we settled on The Graduate to watch uh, as, you know, just a, just a way to, you know, kick off our, our time together. And it was the best movie experience I think I've had in a very long time. So I was super excited that this was the movie that we got to see uh, that we're going to review for our second episode. So let's dive in, guys. Why not? The, the only movie that three of us have all watched together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's kick off. I got to I got to start with with first impressions. Nick, why don't you give us your first impressions of The Graduate? Yeah, this this movie was was fantastic. I don't know if it was if it was all three of us watching, but this was a, just a total laugh fest. Um, I think from from start to finish, we were just yeeking out. I don't know if it's one of these movies that's not supposed to be funny, but was funny. 
Um, I think the movie viewing experience that we all had was, was fantastic. And I think it echoed throughout the movie and, and like Nathan always says, the goat of acting Dustin Hoffman, of course, fantastic. I always complain that there's no movies for like senior year in college. Like all Mm. these coming of age movies are like, senior year of high school and yes that's that's a perfect time for a coming of age movie but an, another fantastic era or time period in somebody's life for coming of age is graduating college and and we know that very well we m- some of us just graduated from college and mm-hmm. there's no movies that that reflect that so the graduate being in this time period was fantastic and of course we were like a week from graduation when we when i watched this so it was it was fantastic watching this nice all right nathan what about you man yeah i mean nick definitely uh touched on my one-liner the goat of acting dustin hoffman the best actor of all time in my opinion um you know obviously he's he's younger in this so he's not able to show off his his superb acting chops like he would be later in life, but nonetheless a uh, great performance right there. But to me, what stands out is the screenplay, especially for the sixties, to be honest with you. I mean, in my experience, a lot of the movies pre 1970, they, they're not super engaging. Like, sure. I can respect them. I can respect what they have to say. I can respect their technical elements, But, man, they're not super engaging from what I've seen so far. Of course, there are a few outliers. Casablanca, um, just off the top of my head, is one of them. But this is one that keeps me engaged the entire time, was never bored. And, man, this was hilarious. I mean, you talk about a movie that came out, what is it, close to 60, 70 years ago Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, this holds up extremely well, extremely well. We're lucky to talk about two movies back-to-back weeks with this and Back to the Future that hold up and aren't dated but man this one more so than back to the future because talk about just the lifestyle changes for someone graduating college in 67 versus 2021 Mm. lifestyle changes are endless so um this holds up so well um this was such a pleasant surprise i didn't know anything about this other than it was a student graduating college um but my goodness not only was this just some of the most fun I've ever had watching a movie, but it was a lot of fun. Just, just being able to see the story play out as well. So uh, first impressions was this, this was fantastic. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. And then I want Brandon to give his final uh, first thoughts. Um, I enjoyed watching this with you guys. I mean, this was a blast and a half such a fun communal experience but overall this movie is hilarious and awful at the same time it's it's i do love nick's point about uh diving into a coming of age story from a college graduate's perspective i think that's a really unique uh idea and uh wish it was explored a lot more because i do think there's a lot of stories that could be told there from that perspective of just, you know, finally being done with school and getting out into the world and seeing who you are as a person. And I do think the beginning half of this movie really does uh, uh, really attack that that idea and that concept very well. Um, but it's so uneven of a film that it, it just becomes ridiculously, I don't know if it's 
hilarious or it's just fun to laugh at because it's this is a movie where I felt like it was I was weird to be laughing, but it was hilarious because it was just so misplaced and everything was out of order. I don't know. It was a weird movie, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it with you guys. I'm happy that I finally saw it. But wow, what an experience. <laughs> so, Brandon, what about you? Um, I am on the complete polar opposite from you guys. Um, <laughs> I feel like if I did watch with another person or with you guys, I probably would have gave this film more credit than it's due. But I did not like this film like that much. It The first half had something going for it. And then it just took it down a route that like, one, I didn't really see coming. Two, is not relatable at all. And three... It's just so far-fetched that I just, I just, I watched the entire thing, but I I gave up on trying (laughs) to understand this film halfway through. Um, It's just, it's one of those movies where I'm like, what did I just watch? It's not, it's not a good, oh my God, what did I just watch? I'm going to have to rewatch this again. No, this movie is a, what did I just watch? Who greenlit this? Like there were a few moments that made me laugh here and there, but other than that, I'm like, what am I watching? We'll we'll get into that when we dive into spoilers. I made some notes here, so I want to get into those in a few minutes. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, yeah, Nick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I can't. I I, I want to apologize ahead of time. I will be laughing a lot during this episode because there is just so many scenes that I think of in this in this movie <laughs> that is pr- particularly because of the experience that I had with Nathan and Nick that will just make me bust out laughing. But uh, yeah, so uh, should we break the seal here? Talk spoilers? Let's do it. All right, Nathan, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so obviously um, for, for those of you who are sticking around, you've seen this movie or, or do not care to hear us spoil it. Um, We've seen similar stories to this as far as someone who um, is being courted by two other individuals. Um, And and I think we've grown up, at least I've grown up hearing about stories of people that sleep with other people's moms. I don't know. I just think that's that's funny to see on screen. Finally, Um, it it was just a story that maybe, Brandon, this is part of what holds it back for you. You just find so disturbing and strange that this guy is is sleeping with a mother and a daughter at the same time um but for me that that makes it so funny like there is a realistic aspect to it because i'm sure this has happened to someone um and and he's at that age where it could happen to someone as well so yeah to me I know a lot of people, and especially in today's world, would watch this and, and think how gross it is and think how offensive it is. Um, to me, like, just have fun. Look, I mean, like, this movie was made at a time where this was socially funny. And while today it might not be socially acceptable, um, nonetheless, like, just sit down and have a fun time. It's a movie. It's not your life. Um, I, I just I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's That's where I'll start. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, I mean you. You, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Because I, I was going to touch on I was some just saying, like, 
I'm going to say just like you bring up some good points, but at the same time, like it's not that like he's just like jumping around in bed and stuff, but like it's when that became the main plot point of the entire movie, that's where it lost it for me. I'm like, cause I, I went to this film expecting, okay, he's graduating. He's going to go through all these different things of trying to figure out what he's going to do in a funny way. But it turns out like, like he gets with a cougar. I'm like, okay, I could see this being a tiny plot point. And then it becomes the main focus of the entire movie where he becomes kind of some kind of addict when he gets down and dirty with Mrs. Robinson. And then where it took a downturn for me was that argument scene of when they were talking about, oh, you can't be with, um, you can't be with my daughter. I'm not going to let you. And then he goes and does it anyway, which that, that was funny. But like, that's where it took the downturn for me because I'm like, are they really making this the main point of the entire movie? And that's that's exactly where it went. So, so that's I, where I didn't really like I'm, it. I'm confused. You didn't you didn't want that. You wanted that to be a subplot. You wanted him to. You, what did you want to see? You want to see him mowing his lawn and um, <laughs> well, like no sleeping I, in? Like, like, like I'm said, confused. What you wanted like this I, movie to be about? Like like I said a couple minutes ago, uh, I thought it was going to be about him like going through different jobs, trying to figure out what he's wanting to do because he just graduated college. If you know what I mean? <clears throat> but, yeah, I, um, I, I, one I thing get I, that. Well, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll touch on some of the things that Nathan said is like star Wars. That, that is not a relatable movie. I not flying in space. I don't have lightsabers. Um, I don't, you know, there's nothing, there's no force. Like those movies aren't, aren't relatable, but those are still, really well some of them are really enjoyable movies i it doesn't i don't think a movie has to be relatable to be enjoyable otherwise you would just like a select few of movies because they only relate to you and, and i'm on the same page as nathan i i i think it's it's hilarious that these relationships play out the way that they do that. He, he sleeps with the mom because he's trying to get his life together. And, and that's the only thing that seems like it's, it's going for him is, is he doesn't know what he wants to do. And then somebody approaches him and he's like, okay, well maybe I can, can do this. And, and then he's goes on the date with the daughter because his parents force him to, because they're like, get out of the house, like do something with your life. Like you're not doing anything. And that's right, why they he don't, goes. cause they don't know that he sleeps with them. Right. They, they don't know. So that's, that's what makes it funny is because they don't know. And of course he's got Mrs. Robinson in his ear saying, don't go on a date with my daughter. Otherwise this will be over. I, it, it's great. I, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. Like great movies have great, relationships and how they play out. And I think with, with this movie, the way that it plays out with Mrs. Robinson and the daughter and, and with him, like, I just think it, it all plays, plays together so well. And it, it doesn't have to be relatable. Well, and I think, a, I think a great part of it too, was like, at least speaking for me personally, I didn't know what this movie would be about going in. Mm -hmm. So when there's that first true scene of him and Mrs. Robinson, Oh, can you drive me home? Oh, can you walk me in? And you're like, okay, this is like normal things. Oh, can you come in? And like watching that whole thing progress to her eventually trying to get him uh, in bed with her. Like, oh, can you stay? My husband's not home. Like things like that. Watching that unfold, not knowing what would eventually happen um, 
was was very interesting. And that whole scene was so tension filled, um, and just watching it unfold before our eyes was was great. It really was. So I, I think they really nailed that opening relationship with him and Mrs. Robinson. And I don't mean relationship as in like what they're doing together um, romantically. I more so mean, you know, establishing what they are as characters. I thought that was really well done. Right. And even that's funny because Mr. Robinson comes home and then he has a drink with, <laughs> with him. You know I mean? I mean, like that's, that's, that's great. Phoenix, what do you think? We, we haven't heard from, from you yet. Spoiler. Yeah. Right. Um, I think everything you guys say about the first half of the movie is spot on. It's tension filled. It's creating an atmosphere. It's building these characters. Um, it has genuinely good humor. Great. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Great buildup and tension and, and, and cringe stuff. And it's just, it's, it's good. It's really good. What I cannot get over is that midway through the execution falls completely apart. Like there's a lot of great setup and buildup. And I think it's a really genuinely great story, what they're, what they're going for. And then somewhere along the middle of the lines, character decisions make no sense. The plot gets distorted. The messiness of this whole like, complex storyline about him being with the mom and, and dealing with the fact that she's married and he's not really on board with this. He doesn't really know this. And then just sliding into the idea of dating the daughter and, you know what I'm saying? And the scene where he takes her to a, a, a strip club and cause he's basically trying to ward her off, but then they end up making out and getting along and they have a lot in common and he falls in love with the daughter, despite being with her mom for, what we can only assume was months, this, this uh, relationship with the mom. It's just, it, the execution is, is where it falls apart for me because the, the relationship with the daughter happens so very quickly and develops so quickly. And his relationship with Miss Robinson dissolves so quickly. And because of that, then when we get to the latter half of the movie where he's chasing the daughter and trying to be with her while her parents are trying to marry her off and they're getting a divorce and, all of this stuff, it's such a messy drama that if they had kept the messiness of it, I would have really enjoyed it. But instead, they drift on this sort of romantic comedy train that is like so unbalanced from where we were that it's it's a weird movie to really, really understand. So like, that's where I feel like the unintentional comedy comes in because it's like, what is happening? <laughs> like, like, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Well, I did want to, um, like I do have a problem, a, a very big problem with this movie. <laughs> um, but I wanted to highlight more so on the positives because it's, it was for me an overwhelmingly positive experience in a great film. The thing is though, this could have been even better for me if it didn't do this one thing. And it's a pretty big thing. So jumping around here, right near the, I don't know, around 75% of the way through, I would think, mm -hmm. um, Catherine goes to, um, oh my God. And we've talked about this extensively already. Right. But Catherine goes to Ben, Benjamin, Ben, while he's in his college dorm room and says, you know, you, um, 
slept with my mother without her consent. Mm-hmm. I, I want to refrain from saying that word yeah. uh, on our show, but you slept with my mother without her consent. That is what she told me happened. You're a monster. You're horrible. And, and of course, anyone that does that is a monster and is horrible. We know as the audience that that's not true. The mother did give consent. She wanted all of that and everything uh, watching the movie play out. But um, what the mother doesn't want, you know, the daughter, Catherine, to know that she willingly did that, willingly slept with someone her age and, and things like that. So she makes up this false lie that she didn't give consent. So then Catherine says that to Ben. Ben's like, that's not true. Then like five minutes later, she just forgets about the whole thing. She's like, oh, yeah, it's it's good. You're all good. And and to me, that was just such a dramatic change. Like if Ben came up with some factual evidence, I, I don't know what that would have been, but comes up with some factual evidence. Maybe time passes significantly, like months. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has another conversation with uh, the mother, Mrs. Robinson, and says, like, you lied about this. This is not okay. No. She goes from, you did this unimaginable, despicable uh, act, right. and then just drops it immediately. And, and to me, I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't get behind that. I can't. Like, why do you have, for as devilish of an act as that thing is and i think we all know what i'm talking about now um, exactly like why would you drop that immediately i just don't i don't i don't get how that works it was to move the plot forward i believe exactly um I, it's just that's where that's where another point where the film lost me i'm like like i can understand her her telling her that as like oh instead of just saying that she like was like willingly doing the dirty but I'm like, at the same time, like, you can't just bring that plot point up and just drop it. Um, Nick, I hate to I hate to put this on you, man. Um, this is something I wrote in my notes. Um, ben Benjamin looked a little bit looked like a 10 year old ver- 10 year older version of you. If I'm being 100 percent serious. Hey, if you say I look like Dustin Hoffman, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. Dude, with it that. was it was funny, though, Mike. I'm like, shoot, is that Nick? Is that his yeah, grandfather? Hey, Something. It looked that. just like it, man. I'm um, good with that. But um, like like Phoenix was saying though, like the final like twenty minutes is him just following this girl around after after getting told to get out after he after she found out he was having an affair. He became like Arthur Fleck mm. stalking women around. Mm. Interesting. I I can easily see Arthur Fleck doing this like trying to track down a wedding trying to stop it and you know what, what you a bro- strange comparison that is that is a strange comparison but i get where he's going with it um i like that's another issue that i had in this film is like uh so benjamin starts out this really you know sort of innocent protagonist character you know what i'm saying a guy you can really get behind and he makes a few dumb decisions sure you know what i'm saying that that's to be expected of our protagonist. Um, but it's when he like goes to, I uh, forget the daughter's name. Uh, Catherine? When, yes, Catherine. When, it, when he goes to her college, right? And he gets like a one room shack, you know, off campus or whatever. 
at that point, like even though his intentions are good, he looks like a psychopath. And then it gets further uh, exacerbated when he's trying to chase her down to, to find the wedding. And you know what I'm saying? He's going to frat clubs and like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Do you know this chick? Or, or you know what I'm saying? And he's running into gas stations, stealing phone books. It just looks psychotic, like, like beyond psychotic. And, and especially because when you consider what is the situation here? It's not like it's not like they were meant for each other, right? You don't get mm. that. You don't get that vibe. It's basically, it's like, why are you working this hard for this particular situation, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it if like y'all really had a true like, you know, what I'm saying bond that I don't know stretch back to to childhood or something like that. Or, you know, saying like, or you were together for a summer or some something. But this just happened so rapidly. Where it's just like, and especially with the 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 seriousness, like, make no mistake. I don't know what the atmosphere was in 1967, but sleeping with someone's mom is a pretty serious like, <laughs> like, like issue. Right. So like you have that serious of a situation and you're still going to pursue the daughter, especially after the mom lied on you about a, about a serious allegation. The, the father came to you uh, letting you know that you ruined his marriage. The daughter is sort of trying to be off putting towards you and technically has married somebody else. And you're still pursuing this situation like it just seems. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> another thing, too, is like the ending where. The daughter is about to marry somebody else and then just runs away with <laughs> with Benjamin. Now, there are countless movies we can talk about where a wedding gets held up at the last second. And either the bride or groom, whoever in that scenario, is um, not actually wanting to marry the person they're about to marry. The person they really love comes around. Like, you know, there's plenty of examples like that. Shrek is one as well. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not what happened here. This is, there was no indication that uh, Catherine was madly in love with Benjamin, but was forced to marry some random Joe. And then Benjamin is the knight in shining, shining armor that comes and saves the day. And, oh, I truly love him. None of that happened, though. Like, <laughs> she was like, you're a creep. You did something very serious. You ruined my family. Um, I, I'm moving on from you. And then he comes and just shows her the least bit of a, attention and she wants that and runs off. Like that hurts a lot of the credibility in my mind. Um, and like I said, that and, and what I mentioned earlier are the two big things that, that really hold this film back from, from close to being five stars for me, to be honest. See, something I'd like to mention is like it, it, Something that I actually did like was the very ending where they're in the bus and they they have the smiles and their smiles slowly like mm-hmm. move away from their face because they just realized, wait, what the heck did I just do? Am I going to regret this? And actually, I think that particular scene that you just pointed out is part of the reason why this movie became such a iconic classic film is like, you know, it sort of mocks romantic comedies at, at that time. And what's interesting is I don't know how many romantic comedies had the whole, you know, run off with the bride type of trope before 1967. I imagine they were pretty popular in the thirties and forties. Um, but it seems like that's what they were mocking. And in, 
and in that instance, it's like that look of concern of like, did I really just throw away my livelihood and, and all of this stuff for, for love, right? For, for love. Um, so it's, and in that sense, I get it. Like, it's like, oh, okay. When you have that whole coming of age story, right? Of, you know saying? Becoming who you're supposed to become or whatever tied into, you know, this pursuit of romance and you have to decide whether, which one suits you best. And then, the idea for most of those romantic comedies was there's happily ever after, right? And then in that moment, there's like, well, what if we're not? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if it doesn't work out? So I think in that sense, it was genius, really, like really well delivered and well uh, executed plot point. It's just everything that led up to that point. <laughs> that just makes no sense. Yeah, I think the perfect word to to sum up what we've been talking about for the last like five or 10 minutes is just chaotic. Like it's just a chaotic finish. Um, I mean, last week we talked about back to the future, obviously, and how that should never be remade because you don't need to remake that. Mm -hmm. But I think this would be perfect for a remake just because it's not, like timeless you know what i mean like the story that it talks about is is a, a story that you can talk about anytime i i think if you were to even make it uh like a limited series where where like brandon was talking about like i had no problem with the central focus being about him sleeping with miss robinson and then the daughter and then everything that that falls out from there i i had no problem with that but even if you make it more of like split between him trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life during the day, sleeping with Miss Robinson by night, and then figuring out that, oh, he does like the daughter and seeing that they do spend the whole summer together and then seeing that, oh, they, everything comes to a head. I feel like this would be just a great way to, to remake the story today. I, I mean, get, get the, the goat of acting today whoever you think that is to to play dustin hoffman i don't know i think but yeah i the ending is definitely chaotic for for sure well go ahead and cast nick uh you won't be able to tell the difference true true (laughs) i mean i i do want to say though that like the overarching issues just Still don't take away from how much of a fun movie it is for me you know frequently on this show we sit here and we talk about the bad things more than the good because it's easy to do so it's much easier to talk about the things that hold a film back than that lift it up but i don't want to miscommunicate my thoughts like those two things really disappointed me when they happened because i was ready to give this four and a half or five stars uh and i just i can't do that knowing the overarching problems that are just breezed through this movie was so much fun really it was um if you look past how strange the relationships are, um, look, it, it's a movie. It's not real. You know, this is what movies are supposed to do. They're entertainment, right? So uh, this absolutely could happen. It's It could be relatable to some people out there, but this is not your life. This is not someone you know. Just sit back and enjoy, and it will be fun for you. If you're taking mad offense to what this movie is doing, um, you know, maybe you need to consider how, reconsider how you watch movies. I mean, 
I'm sorry to say it, but this movie is just an absolute blast. If you don't like it for different reasons, of course that's okay. But um, that, that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, I personally think like uh, this is this is a really interesting story, and I agree with Nick. Uh, I would love to see this one remade, just uh, adapted to a newer newer time, because I, I mean, like the story itself isn't bad. It really isn't bad. It's just the execution. And I think the execution could be done a lot, a lot better. Uh, definitely. I don't even think it's the whole execution. Yeah. It's just, it's just the, like the back, like 30 minutes that just like the train comes off the rails. It's chaotic. It's, right. it's all over the place. Like that to that point, it's, it's chaotic, but for the rest of the movie, it's, it's fantastic. Like Nathan says, it's easy to, to nitpick things and yeah, you know, and, but, and but this movie's great. I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and, and it was, it was really a blast. Yeah. I would, I would argue definitely like it's really enjoyable. There are some aspects of it that are outlandishly hilarious. Um, speaking of which, we we didn't talk about the soundtrack on this film, and the, oh, yeah. and the, and one of the things that made us probably boil over with laughter is how many times the uh, the uh, I can't remember the artist's name now, but Simon uh, and Garfunkel, yeah, Simon, Paul and Simon, yeah, the um, how many times are you uh, going to Scarborough Fair? Yeah, like how hey, many I times mean, they are bangers. They they so. are bangers, but like Jesus Christ, how many times is like I'm Miss pretty Robinson sure play? that this. Like Mrs. Robinson was wrote for this song <laughs> or this movie. I'm I'm pretty sure right. that like the the movie was like, hey, Simon Garfunkel wrote the song for us. And they, the way that they they use it though, it's like, hey, don't forget, like you know, Simon this and Garfunkel. Miss Robinson, right? Right, like this is Miss uh, Robinson. They, like <laughs> they play that song like eight times. <laughs> that's a lot for <laughs> for for a hundred and six minute movie. That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it might be more than eight too. It might, and, it might be more. And like the beautiful thing is, it's a great song. Like, oh yeah, it's a great song, and it fits the movie so perfectly. Because it's like uh, this upbeat and like right, right. It's super upbeat, super like charming song, and you know what I'm saying. And it, it they match it to some great shots. You know what I'm saying, and yep. some great moods and aesthetics. It's just like Jesus Christ. It's like by an hour and in, we're like. How many times have they played this song? <laughs> like at least five. Like Jesus, and, but, they, yeah. and they switch it up. It's like acoustic, and then right, it's instrumental, right, right. and then it's <laughs> it's like the Mrs. Robinson chorus, and then it's <laughs> it's like different parts of the song, like right. eight times. It's like they were really happy with this song, and they were like, mm-hmm. "We got to use this at least seven, eight times, bro." Hey, we hey, hey let's ways. let's. Let's put this song in again. Well, <laughs> again, again, just do the instruments up. <laughs> like, yeah. Great. Right, but we, we, we got to talk about it. You know, we have to. <laughs> yep. I was just going to say, you know, we, we can't get away talking about this on Filmco without talking about that scene. <laughs> oh my God. For those of you that know this movie very well, maybe you've watched it recently. Maybe you grew up with it. If you know this really well, you know exactly what we're talking about. You've seen this movie once or twice. You're a casual movie lover. You probably won't. This know. might be way too specific for you. I apologize in advance if this is way too specific, but we have to talk about this. There's that scene, right, where um, he gets in a fight with Catherine in the house, and 
that's when Catherine finds out for the first time that he had been sleeping with her mom. And um, he walks out in the hallway and shoots a glance over at Mrs. Robinson, who is like shriveled up in the corner of the wall, which is such an awkward position. Both the walls are, are extremely white. Like they were just painted white. Like, and it was like, it was a construction site. Like it was a construction site. And, um, she just says, "Wait here, goodbye, I, I Benjamin." Hold up. She says, <laughs> "Goodbye, Benjamin." <laughs> and then there is the most awkward <laughs> camera zoom out I have ever seen in my entire life. Again, and then there's a closet is- right next to her, so it seems like something's <sighs> gonna jump out of the closet. <laughs> Again, this is so specific, and I apologize in advance for those of you that do not know what we're talking about, but. We have to talk about this because Phoenix oh and God. Nick and I, when we were we watching the hell out of this, when we were watching this movie and we saw that, I don't think we stopped laughing for ten minutes straight. I, <laughs> I really don't. Dude, like I was, I was, I think crying. we watched it like two or three times. We I was crying. It like four times. I was crying. I think I think Phoenix was on the floor. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> it was, it was brutal our other roommate was like what in the hell is going on down there um uh this seriously it's it's a shot straight out of a horror movie like oh i I just watched the conjuring a couple days ago and like i'm surprised that that this scene wasn't wasn't you put this in paranormal activity you put this in any oh oh my god i mean (laughs) we frequently joked about how like the cinematographer or the editor was like you told me that shot was for fun. You told me that wouldn't be in the movie. It's it's like the the director had an intern or like a, somebody <laughs> shadowing for the whole whole thing, and they were like, "Here, you you get to shoot one one, one shot. shot, one shot." And they're like, "All right, we'll we'll start it zoomed in at the face, and she'll have this perplexed, disturbed look on her face, and then she'll say goodbye, Benjamin, and then that that zoom out." But keep on her face for an extra ten <laughs> seconds. On her face, like yeah, her face. needs to edit the Twilight Zone. This is without there. a doubt the worst, like state, like ten seconds of any movie I've ever seen. Like this is, uh, <laughs> it's so bad that it's funny. It's so bad that it's, it's funny. Like the is it worse than a ten second of Jingle Jangle. The ten oh. seconds of this is just it's, it's so bad that it's funny. Um, I, I, I pictured Jeff Nichols, the director of this movie and his production team, like sitting in the opening, uh, weekend of this movie or sitting at the press screening, if they even did that back then. Um, and just seeing that shot and being like, how did that get in there? How did we miss that? How did we miss that in post-production? Who let let that scene be in there? Oh my God. It was whoever did that is done. Oh God. And Uh, so. I do want to point out that this did win the Academy Award for direction, uh, <laughs> which I think. I'm telling it, you, it, it was the the intern. They yeah. got to shoot one shot, and that was it. That was they, it. Yeah. They said, "Let let me get some Conjuring vibes up in here." <laughs> the Academy was just all over that shot. They loved oh, yeah. it. They loved and it. They were like, "Wow, this this is true film right here. This this is what it's <laughs> all about. This, this is, is what it's about." So, all right, 
I was gonna say we we, we, we could talk about the scene for for hours. For hours. That that is that is the best. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But uh, wrapping it up, guys. What is your official final rating for The Graduate? Nick, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, it's going to be four stars. Well, it, it has been four stars for a while. Um, it's four stars for me, um, which is a, an A- minus in my book. I, I think this is a blast. Like, if it's if there's ever a, a rainy day and I don't have a movie to watch and I'm just wanting to throw something fun on, this is a perfect movie for that. Um, yes, it does get chaotic in the last couple of of acts but but it's a blast i I mean i i love the the growth of of benjamin as a character and the relationships that um the dynamics throughout the movie i I just think it's a blast and and that's all i need from this movie all right uh brandon what about you um honestly i think some of my final thoughts is it's just rehitting some of the things is like i think this film would have benefited from um taking a different route, but we got what we got. I personally gave it a two and a half star. Uh, I think that's as high or low as I will give it, uh, to be honest. So I wouldn't mind if they remade this film with modern day stuff, um, but that's just me. But yeah, two and a half stars for me. All right, Nathan, where are you staying? Benjamin, your fine friends location says you were in Mrs. Robinson's bedroom. What the heck? (laughs) Oh, I saw man. you on Snap Maps. It said you were at the Benjamins' house, <laughs> or the Robinsons' house. You liar! Um, no, so yeah, it's a four star for me as well. This was so much fun. Ever since we did our Palm Springs episode in like June, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to stop thinking about Phoenix saying, "Bring this movie to a movie party." <laughs> so this is definitely a movie that I would bring to a movie <laughs> party. This is one that you can just kick back and laugh it up with everyone there. Um, you know, there are two big things that really hold this movie back for me. I wish that someone in the writing room decided not to do it the way that they did it. But nonetheless, it's in there and it's it's in there and it's whatever. But um, four stars for me. Um, I actually would kind of not like this movie to be remade. I think it is kind of a, a little treasure there. Um, but it was a blast. Four stars for me. Also, um, just to... To say two quick things before we move on, um, the the character's name is Elaine. Uh, Catherine Ross is the the actress, so uh, oh, thank just you. wanted to to <laughs> refix that. And I think we should get a shirt, some film code merch that said "Bring <laughs> this movie to a movie party." <laughs> or goodbye, Benjamin. With with yeah, any uh, any Robert. lovers, any lovers of this film probably cringed every time we said Catherine. And they're like, yeah, that's that. Yeah. So apologies. Yeah. That's the character. Thanks for clearing that up, though. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Um, so for me, uh, this movie is gonna get three stars. Uh, for me, I I enjoyed it. I think it's exceptional for what it what it aims for. Um, there are a lot of great moments in it, iconic moments in it. The music spectacular. Dustin Hoffman, of course, is incredible, and Bancroft is amazing in this movie. I think she does a, a fantastic job as a mother, uh, despite that one scene. Um, but overall, like the like I said, the execution isn't great. The editing is weird. The 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 chaotic energy of that last like 30 minutes I I just find really awkward. So it's a movie where I appreciate more than I enjoy. 
uh, is definitely one where I'm like, I'd watch it again, but only to laugh at it, only with, you know, friends. It's not one I could I could do by myself. Uh, so that's where I stand with it. Three stars for The Graduate. Uh, happy to have finally watched it. Uh, knocked off a of older film off our list. So super happy with that. So there we stand, The Graduate. Three stars from me, four from Nick, four from Nathan, two and a half from Brandon. What did you guys think of The Graduate? Let us know. Uh, we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at FilmCoPod. Leave us your thoughts on The Graduate. And let's move on to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. So, gentlemen, how has your week been and what have you seen? Uh, Nick, kick us off. I was going to say, I guess I'm the, the starter today. Yeah. Um, not a movie, but a mini series. Um, my girlfriend and I banged out the HBO Max original series, Chernobyl. Mm. Um, it's five episodes. Each episode are a little over an hour. We got it done in like two sittings. Um this is a fantastic miniseries. Um, Nathan and I, a while back, we watched um, OJ versus the people, people versus OJ, whichever. And it kind of threw us into this deep dive of the OJ Simpson case and, you know, everything that, that went on there. Nathan bought a book and, and I'm ready to do the same with Chernobyl. Like this, this got me super invested and super interested in, in what happened. And I definitely want to, to further see this um information but it, it's a fantastic mini series um it's literally like five hours long so i i would watch it again it's, it's fantastic so but it came out a while ago so if you haven't haven't seen it go check it out for sure all right nathan what about you yeah i mean i i don't have anything super under the radar but i'm certainly not going to come out and rec- recommend joker or anything like that um <laughs> No, so so I did watch Quiet Place Part 2 yesterday in theaters. That was phenomenal. Absolutely good. Check that out. But that, of course, is high profile, so I'm not going to recommend something high profile. Um, a movie that a lot of you probably have heard of, and again, sorry, I don't have anything uh, deep down under the surface. Uh, Grand Torino. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. Um, me and my dad have been big in Clint Eastwood as of late. This was phenomenal. Uh, very simple, but taking a very simple plot and a very simple movie and making it just extravagant and so interesting. So really loved Grand Torino, really enjoying watching Clint Eastwood right now. Um, again, that's a movie a lot of people probably heard of, but uh, that's all I got for right now. And it, it was great. It was great. I think it is on HBO Max. So if you have it, check it out. Definitely worth your time. Also, I want to uh, recommend The Gift. Wanted to just throw that one out there. <laughs> All right. Brandon, what do you got? Um, I didn't get around to watching any movies, but I did binge watch Death Note, the anime. Ah, it, nice. Have you seen it, Phoenix? I have seen it. Yes. Dude, it was so good. Like, I saw a couple scenes here and then I'm like, all right, I got to give this a watch. And I was not disappointed. I really, really, really enjoy this anime. Um. I wasn't expecting a lot of the things that happened to happen, such as like things that happened with L and light 
think where they got with each other's investigations. And then the finale of it was just so good. Um, I can't dive into any spoilers, but the finale of where it just like all falls apart is just so good. And I think it had a perfect wrap up. There was no setup for season two, which I'm fine with because I don't think they could have done a season two. There was no way. So I give, I, I gave death note a five stars and I actually became my foot, my favorite anime. So. Yeah. Death note is an amazing, <clears throat> amazing anime. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Uh, for me, uh, one of the things that I saw uh, this, not, I don't know if it was this week or last week. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, one of the things that I saw was uh, also in theaters was Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie. Uh, it's a very competent action thriller, sort of like a throwback to a 90s summer action thriller. Uh, very cool movie. Pretty one note, you know, you're trying to avoid this fire and, you know, trying to protect this kid. But it gives a single location vibe that really works for the story. Angelina Jolie is amazing in it. And it was just a fun action movie. So I, I highly recommend it. Won't blow your blow your brains out or anything like that, but it's still a, a blast to watch. So that's Those Who Wish Me Dead, Death Note, The Gift. I'm sorry, not The Gift. Uh, <laughs> what was it, Nathan? <laughs> Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Fantastic movie, by the way. The and, gift. And Chernobyl. So that's what, what's been good for us here at Film Code. What's good, what's good, what's good. All right, guys. I think we're here. We're at that moment. It's officially time. For film code. You are now film code. So, uh, we have our first code word of the second season. I am super excited to see what these guys came up with. Potentially, um, so your code word this week was mullet. It is a movie from 1982 to 1987. Uh, your director has passed away and it features a child actor. Nick, since you have been the starter for us today. I was going to say, I guess I'm just the starter for everything. So um, the movie that I found for this first season two code word is a movie that I've never heard of um, is the lost boys 1987 um, directed by Joel Shoemaker. He kind of looks like a, an old weathering uh, Scorsese in his letterbox profile picture, <laughs> but um, just died um, June 2020 rip to him. Um, directed Phantom of the Opera, Batman vs. Robin, Batman Forever. And um, I don't know specifically who you're referring to as a child actor, um, maybe Jason Patrick, um, but there's a little boy in the, the header of, of Letterboxd. So that, that's my guess for the inaugural code word. Okay. 
Uh, Nathan, as our code-breaking champion, you will get to go last. So, Brandon, what do you have for the code word? I'm going to have to follow up with, uh, with Nix. Um, I didn't get really a chance. To, uh, I, I did a little bit of research, I, I, like, for the past 15 uh, minutes because work has just been a busy week. Uh, but that I came up with Nick's conclusion, too. Uh, I didn't, I'm not piggybacking. I'm res- I just did research. Okay. So you're going with the Lost Boys did- as well? Lost Boys, yeah. All right, Nathan, what do you have? Well, I'm not going with the Lost Boys. Um, Phoenix, I, I, I know that you probably love this movie, so uh, we'll see. Um, I'm going with 1985. A character in this movie does have a mullet, a pretty significant one. Um, I am going with, uh, directed by John Hughes, who has passed away. I'm going with The Breakfast Club. Mm. Um, and they're not truly child. Right, uh, actors, right. they are more so teenagers. I'm sure some of them were even young adults. Um, take your pick from the the young adults in that one as far as the child actors. Maybe Molly Ringwald, maybe Anthony Michael Hall. I don't know. Take your pick. But um, that's what I went with. That's This one was a tough one, but that's Breakfast Club is my guess. All right. Fantastic guesses, guys. Uh, so here we go. The reveal. Uh the mullet definitely does obviously refer to the hairstyle of the 80s. So that was a given. Um, you were correct on the year. Uh, you were not correct on the child actor. And you were correct on the director. It is Joel Schumacher. That Let's go. child actor is Corey Haim. And it is from 1987. It is the Lost Boys. Absolutely. Brandon should get half a point. It is the Lost Boys. Congratulations. From from now on, we're going to be writing our answers on our phones before we all reveal and then showing our phones afterwards. (laughs) It's okay. He piggybacked. Good good piggyback, though, Brandon. Great way to go on. Uh, I should be in the lead. Sole lead. I can't say that. (laughs) Nick, Brandon, congratulations. You got the first points of the second season of Film Code. I'm pretty sure uh, Nathan will have his revenge. (laughs) So congratulations, guys. The Lost Boys, a fantastic movie. If you have not seen it, highly, highly recommend. It is an 80s movie with all of the cheese in the world you could imagine. But it is a vampire movie, so I love it. <laughs> uh, vampire movie? Yes, it is a vampire movie. So please check it out. It's great, fun stuff. Uh, I don't know who's taking on the reins next. Is it you, Nick? I guess it'll be me, yeah. All right. Do you have a code word? What do you think, Phoenix? Of course not. Awesome. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, look forward to that next week. Uh, and... Like Nathan said, we will be reviewing some fresh new releases that came out this past week. Looking forward to that. We will see you guys next week. Nick, our starter. (laughs) Yes, our starter. Let everybody Um, know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd, of course, the huge at Nick Spain. I'm hecka behind on my uh, reviews. I... It is May 30th. I have not written a review for a movie that I saw May 15th. So 
really, really behind. Um, you know, you know how it be, but um, eventually I'll, I'll get caught up. All right. And Nathan, where can everybody find you, sir? Yep. You can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. Uh, probably going to be watching a bunch of Clint Eastwood movies here as of late. So if you like that, uh, go ahead and, and follow me over there as well. You can find my early reviews for A Quiet Place 2 and Cruella. Um, also, go ahead and follow the show over on Twitter at Film Code Pod, on Instagram at Film Code Pod, on TikTok at Film Code Pod. However, you listen to this, please go ahead and check out our other episodes. We have a ton of great content for you guys. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you guys so much for listening and appreciate it. Absolutely. And Brandon, where can everybody find you, sir? You guys can find me at F A N T A S M I C Ears on Twitter and Letterboxd. It's Fantastic Ears on Twitter and Letterboxd. I tweet some stupid stuff. I don't tweet that often, though. Um, I log my films over on Letterboxd. I'm trying to write some reviews, just haven't had the chance yet. So, yeah, check me out over there. Thank you guys again for listening. All right. My name's Phoenix Cloud, and guys, you can find me on Twitter at IMHO Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And like Nathan said, please follow the show on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Code Pod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. Goodbye, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>